0: Hey y'all, it's editing Gwen with a special cold open. So it's gonna become very apparent to you very quickly here that we have a whole lot to say about Miss Taylor Allison Swift. When we first recorded this episode, it ended up being over two hours long, just talking about country Taylor. So we cut it in half. There's going to be this part, part one, and also a part two. They're both going to drop on our podcast feed at exactly the same time. So listen to this part first, and then part two should be up right afterward. We just didn't want to give you a singular two-hour-long podcast episode, so we gave you two one-hour-long podcast episodes. Cool? Cool. All right. Enjoy whatever this is. Hi, I'm Alyssa. And I'm Gwen. And this is Tea and Squee. This is the podcast where we spill the tea about the things that make us squee. And we're back back from an extended hiatus. (laughs) Yes, Listen, y'all, I'll be honest with you. We don't get paid to make this podcast. This is a thing we do because we enjoy doing it and because we like to listen to ourselves talk too much. (laughs) Yeah. So, sometimes our real life and the things that do pay us get in the way. Yeah. And then sometimes those things get in the way and then you immediately catch COVID afterward. Oh, and the... so <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you need to take almost an entire month off of your podcast. And that's okay. It's okay to take
1: a little break. Yeah. Like it gave yeah. you plenty of time to catch up on both seasons of Bridgerton mm-hmm. um, and listen to the podcast episodes on them. So yeah, I hope, I hope you enjoyed that content
0: because it was, it was a fun old time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today, though, we are talking about Miss Taylor, Allison Swift. We are talking about Miss Swift. We are talking about Blondie. We yes. are talking about mine and Alyssa's squizzle. are arguably favorite music artist. Yes, yes. We are yes. talking about the music industry. Literally,
1: you know. the most. Like I'm just. Is this what people felt like when they were like living through like, you know, like the Beatles or whatever shit in the 60s? Like we're living yes. with Taylor Swift and like experiencing her like her fucking genius in real time. Mm-hmm. And it's immaculate. Yeah. Everything I needed.
0: Yeah. So happy. It is. <laughs> so, we're going to go chronologically through Taylor's discography, just discuss some, you know, basic stats of each album, and then mostly we're just going to talk about the way that we feel about each Mm -hmm. of her albums. Uh, Bear in mind, because I know, I know, (laughs) that the Swifties, their claws can come out. Please bear in mind, everything we say is just our opinion. Yeah. Everything is subjective. Yes. Um, And we're allowed to dislike songs that you like or Mm -hmm. like songs that you don't. Yes. Art is subjective and it
1: will be interpreted in many different ways and that's Mm -hmm. totally okay. Don't mm-hmm. hate on us for our interpretation of Miss Swift's beautiful, beautiful art. Mm-hmm. Because all
0: of it is just, all of it is beautiful, beautiful art. It's just, I might argue that I prefer some pieces of her art more than others. Mm hmm. Exactly. So there we go.
1: She's still my number one. Be, like artists on spotify wrapped every year
0: yeah i'm that's still never in the changing. top one percent of her listeners <laughs> yeah,
1: <from> spotify <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's never gonna change i've like accepted that every year she'll be my number one artist because i don't listen to anybody's music as often as i listen to taylor swift which is mm-hmm. an everyday because occurrence
0: she has music for every literally. mood literally it does she, not matter how i'm feeling taylor swift has a song or an album that will vibe with it honestly and
1: like she's released a lot more albums than a lot of artists like i'm gonna reference harry styles like he only has two albums and a third one Mm -hmm. on the way i don't have as much like content to listen to as i do with taylor swift right she has more moods i think to -hmm. shuffle through than harry styles does currently since he's Mm -hmm. entering
0: his like single boy era Mm mm-hmm and part of that is something that uh we'll probably discuss more as we discuss her albums mm-hmm. in particular but part of the reason that taylor has music for every mood part of the reason that you're able to turn her on every single day and listen to her and not get tired of it is because her music career has been going on now for more than 12 years yeah yeah i mean first album came out in 2000 or 2006? I
1: think around 2006.
0: October 24th 2006 Mm -hmm. was the first album so we're coming up on I Can't Do Math Super Well Um, but 15 years now? I think so yeah Taylor has literally grown up in front of our eyes Mm -hmm. and those of us who listen to her have grown up with her maybe not in the same time frame because like obviously we are like 8 years younger than her, Alyssa and I are so yeah, I think so. She, she's very much in the generation that came before us, but because of that, and I'll talk about a little bit about this when we talk about Red, Taylor's been kind of a big sister mm-hmm. to a lot of people our age. Yeah. We grew up with Taylor, and mm-hmm. she gave us music to describe every moment in our lives because she lived through it so that we could have the music to identify with. So, mm-hmm. all that to say, Taylor Swift is is the music industry she (laughs) She really is is. and we're just gonna talk a little bit today about the things that we love about the art that she has put out Mm -hmm. there so just some basic information on miss swift uh taylor allison swift was born december 3rd 1989 she has released nine studio albums and also two re-recordings of her original of her original albums up to this date. Mm-hmm. Again, it is May 12th. <laughs> uh, Taylor writes almost all of her own music. Mm-hmm. And she writes not just for herself, but for other artists as well. Uh, some of these artists are like Little Big Town, Sugarland, Miley Cyrus, Calvin Harris. Those are just a few artists that she has written for in the past. And a number of her songs uh, have been... Fi- Featured in film and television, but maybe never made it to her studio albums. Mm-hmm. A couple examples of this are Crazier, which was in the Hannah Montana movie. That, uh, m- that might have been my first introduction to Taylor I love shit, that honestly. song. I hope it's
1: on her Speak Now, Taylor's version, as one I of the too. fault songs, because mm-hmm. that would be
0: perfect. Mm-hmm. And then also Safe and Sound <sighs> from the Hunger Games cinematic series. I can't remember which movie in particular she wrote it for. might have been the first one. it it was either the first one or it was Mockingjay and I can't remember which one it was but that's another one of her songs where it was featured in film but Mm -hmm. not on one of her albums and it's another one that we're hoping we might get with one of the re-recordings of her albums. I love it so much it was like her folklore era before her folklore Mm -hmm. era like we got a little taste. Speaking (laughs) of her Mm re-recordings uh We would be remiss if we didn't talk about Big Machine versus Taylor Mm. Swift Mm. uh, because we're going to be talking about the two re-recordings she's done thus far in this episode, and you need to understand why it is that that is happening. So, Alyssa, why don't you talk us through that? Let's go.
1: I'm so sorry because I have so many different notes on this. It's just, it's very extensive and has been, like, a long time going, you know? It's been a long time-ish.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, it, it should be obvious because you you clicked on this podcast, so you saw how long it was going to be. But these are going to be long episodes because yeah. uh, we really love Taylor, and we have a lot of, yeah. we have a lot to yeah. say. <laughs> like we got to do her
1: justice and talk about her albums extensively. I'm going to note that before I get into how she was signed with Big Machine, she was like offered like um, a record deal with a larger record company in Nashville. But eventually she turned them down because they kind of were looking down on her writing her own music. And she was very, very much, like, wanting to write her own stuff. And those people were wrong. Yeah. Because she could. And she did. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I watched a TikTok on this the other day. So they gave her, like, a trial year, basically, just kind of see how she grows as an artist and, like, what songs she writes within that year. And then they decide if they want to sign her after that year's done. And, basically, and
0: this, is, this is Big Machine, right? Not
1: Big Machine, but this is the bigger label that Got I don't it. know the name of. I just saw the TikTok, like, interview with her mom and, like, her talking about this before they signed with Big Machine. Um, and basically, every single time Taylor brought a song to them, they're like, this is okay, um, try again next time, basically. And she eventually was like, you know what? I'm going to find a, a record label that wants me to produce my music. I want to mm-hmm. sing my songs so she then performed at the bluebird cafe in nashville tennessee in 2005 for like an artist showcase um she was then discovered and approached by scott porchetta who wanted to start his own independent label like he literally hasn't hadn't like developed the label yet but he wanted to sign her um so she was big machine records first artist signed um and the contract gave big machine the ownership of the masters to her first six albums in exchange for like a cash advance so she released um her first six studio albums under big machine her debut fearless speak now red 1989 and reputation big machine owns those masters but taylor retains the publishing rights due to her role as the main songwriter Um, so this allows her to re-record the songs in the future if she desired. So, it kind of saves her that she wrote her own music because now she gets to re-record her own music. And, like, eventually her contract was up with Big Machine and they weren't allowing Taylor ownership of her masters. Um, and her lawyer, like, sat down with the record label and they tried to hammer something out and, like, a compromise was never fully reached. so then big machine is taken over by scooter braun who manages kanye west justin bieber etc the kanye west part is important though because it's a reason why taylor is against this completely so backtracking um at the mtv music awards one year taylor won like best music video for i think you belong with me um and when she gets up on stage kanye west literally interrupts her and says that beyonce should have won instead it's a whole thing it's a lot of drama. Taylor is like 19 at this yeah. point.
0: And we'll we'll discuss that a little more next episode when yeah. we talk about um the Taylors mm-hmm. over party that happened after 1989. Yeah. But yeah. all you need to know is that Taylor and Kanye have a history that mm-hmm. is not great. They yeah. do not get along for mm-hmm. a myriad of reasons. Oh yeah. And
1: that's why she doesn't like Scooter Braun, because he manages Kanye, and he let, like, all these awful things happen to her. Um, So, on June 30th, 2019, Big Machine announced via social media that the label group had been acquired by Scooter Braun, and then Taylor denounced this with, like, a Tumblr post, basically. Um, She said she had been trying to buy her masters for years, and she was literally never given a chance unless she signed another contract with Big Machine that would require her to create six more albums under the label in exchange for the masters of the first six. So it's like an exchange. And they thought it was like an even exchange. You know, they're like, oh, you get your first six, we get your new six. That's not fair. She wants no, it, all, she all wants 12. All
0: of them. That's the whole point, is for her to be able to own her art. Yeah. And so it, that's like choosing favorite children. Like a witch steals your first six children, and she's like, well, for every new child you have, <laughs> if you give me that one you can have one of the old ones, and it's like, well, I don't know what my new children will be, but I'll sell them away before I have them.
1: Yeah, literally, I'm like, the deal doesn't make any sense, and I think it's just them looking down on on her as, like, a writer and a performer. um, Because she, like, signed with a bigger label. She basically said, fuck this shit, I'm going to another label. So she still didn't have her first six albums, though, like, that she owned. Um, And her solution to this was to create new recordings of all the musical work in her first six albums using the publishing rights she retained. And then she wanted to have the finished product sound as close to the original as possible. She announced this in August 2019 um, that she would re-record the six albums and release them so as to own the complete rights to her music herself because she wants to own her fucking music. She wrote the songs. Yeah, she Those deserves
0: to own the song she wrote. Yeah. Which is why when you uh, look at her re-recordings, if you look at like Fearless Taylor's version or mm-hmm. Red Taylor's version or any of this uh, Taylor's version sh- oh my goodness. Taylor's version singles. That she has released already, they all have Taylor's version in parentheses at Mm -hmm. the end of the song title, and that's because she retains publishing rights. She's able to sing those songs again, but Mm -hmm. she can't call them by the original name. Mm -hmm. So she needs to add parentheses Taylor's version at the end in order for it to not be a copyright Mm -hmm. infringement. Yeah, which is just so, so so stupid, stupid, and um also wonderfully sneaky and wonderful
1: it really is because she's like if you see taylor's version on one of my songs that means i own that that's mine like mm-hmm. these are no longer stolen from me and like i think like scooter and like scott borchetta like literally laughed at her and like didn't think she was actually gonna like re-record all six albums and she was like bet i'm gonna do it fuck you mm-hmm. i'm prove wrong because they're like no one's gonna want to listen to Like, re-recordings of the same music. And she was like, all right, I'm going to do it anyways, so. Mm hmm
0: (laughs) And I'm going to manage the production of them, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to make them into the albums that, if they weren't exact, or, you know, the albums that I want them to be and that I'm capable of making now because Mm -hmm. I'm an adult. Yep. And I was a child when Uh you decided to have me sign this contract. Yeah.
1: So totally took advantage of her, even though Mm -hmm. she was the... person who made this label like, a thing, because she was so successful. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Obviously, <sighs> this is not the most in-depth summary of what happened. You know, this was a general overview, but the whole situation was a lot more complicated and a lot deeper than yeah. we've discussed. We just felt that it was relevant context yes. to what we're going to talk about. So. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. we're going to start to talk about her albums in chronological order. Woo! So we're going to begin with Taylor Swift, an album by Taylor Swift. Yes. So this album is, uh, I, I don't know what the, the actual term for it is, but it's an album that shares the name of the artist who write, yeah. wrote it. Um, you'll see a lot of people refer to this album as debut. Mm-hmm. That's how I prefer to refer Say. to it. Um. This album was released on October 24th, 2006. It was her first album. It had 11 tracks, including (laughs) three that Taylor holds solo writing credits for. So these are The Outside, Shoulda Said No, and Our Song. Uh, Those three songs on her first album, she wrote entirely by herself. Hell yeah, Yeah, which is amazing because she was 16 when this album was released, which means that these were songs that she had either written before before even beginning production of, you know, before even signing that contract, or mm-hmm. possibly between the ages of fifth, sorry, fourteen and sixteen, when this album was released. So when you think about how young she was, mm-hmm. it's amazing that like she has three solo writing credits on her yeah. first album. That's wild
1: she's so fucking talented <laughs> literally like this album like people very commonly like in the swifty community are like debuts her worst album but i'm like also she was like 16 when exactly. she wrote it so like i i like yes mm-hmm. like it's it's her first album like i feel like maybe is it a good thing that her first album is like her best album or no i don't think that's what you want it's like your first yeah. album to be your best mm-hmm. it's your first you are you're dipping your toe in the industry she mm-hmm. wrote a lot of the songs, though, and that's credit where
0: credit's due. That's very hard. Yeah. So even though Swifties often, you know, regard this album, you know, as not their favorite, uh, the album did receive quite a bit mm-hmm. of positive critique. It was praised yeah. for its uh, relatability, for its honesty, and for its mainstream influence, uh, which for a kid as young as she was... It's amazing that that was able to happen. You Mm -hmm. know, essentially, critics were like, hey, you know, this album has some rough spots because, you know, it's a child. Yeah. Uh, But the kid has some chops and she understands what it takes to be successful in the industry. Mm -hmm. And so that's it. It was a promising start. Yeah. For a 16 year old Taylor. Mm -hmm. Uh, the album earned her nominations for a Horizon Award for Best New Artist in 2007 at the 2007 Country Music Association Awards. Nom for New Female Vocalist at the 2007 Academy of Country Music Awards. For Album at the Year at the 2008 Academy of Country Music Sorry, at the 2008 Academy of Country Music Awards and for Best New Artist at the 2008 Grammys. Uh, Debut did not earn her any awards, but the fact that it earned her those nominations is still pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. The lead single on that album was Tim McGraw, which was followed by our song Teardrops on My Guitar, Should Have Said No, and Picture to Burn, but not necessarily in that order. Okay. Many of her singles broke the top 40, throwing her directly into the mainstream uh, of not just country, but of the music industry Mm at large. Hella. Yeah.
1: I love it. Uh, (laughs) I like Debut. I'm like a small category of Swifties who's like, I actually really like Debut, and I'm not a country fan at
0: all. Mm -hmm. I just, I vibe with this album a lot. Very nostalgic for me. Right. I, so here's the thing. We didn't discuss this before we before we started this episode. Mm-hmm. You know, normally we talk about, oh, how did we become introduced to yeah. this thing that we're talking about today? Um, I didn't like Taylor Swift until a little over a year ago, probably two yeah. years ago now. Like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um... And it wasn't so much that I disliked Taylor, I just had never engaged with her music. The only songs of hers that I had really li- listened to or heard were the w- singles that were released on the radio, mm-hmm. and some of them were okay, and some of them I just plain old didn't like. Yeah. And so I wasn't a Swifty. I did not engage with Taylor Swift. And then two years ago, I was on a hike, and Evermore had just dropped, or like, maybe not just dropped, but it, it was her most recent album and Spotify recommended it to me. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, lots of people I know whose music opinions I really respect have talked about how much they like Folklore and Evermore, so I'll give it a try. And I fell in love immediately. So and good. so since then, I like, that first summer I made my way through almost all of her albums because I would listen to one and then become hyper fixated on mm-hmm. it and not be able to listen to any of the others. And Debut is the last one that I listened to, Hmm. and I think if it had been the first one that I listened to, I wouldn't have ever started listening to Taylor Swift.
1: That's fair. That is fair. It's also very country yeehaw. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I feel like that's less our taste in music a little bit. Like, I think we have some friends who would actually enjoy Taylor's debut and like, the first three albums, especially, like, who Mm -hmm. like country music a lot more than I'd say we do, maybe. Yeah. Um... Because I agree, I like listen to debut and fearless and speak now, and I'm like country really isn't my thing, but I don't know when Taylor does it, I
0: don't hate it. Yeah,
1: this but is I, definitely yeah.
0: this is definitely my least listened to Taylor album, I but agree. that's not to say that it's my least favorite or that I mm-hmm. don't like it. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at the country sound. Um, Though country Taylor is not my favorite Taylor, I prefer pop Taylor. Same. And uh, our newest iteration of Taylor, the, like, indie Taylor. I love indie Taylor. I love indie Taylor. She's Um, my favorite. The only song off of debut that I knew before I listened to the whole thing was our song, and I only actually knew the first verse (laughs) because one of the neighbor kids uh, that I grew up with did listen to Taylor Swift. And so she would always sing our song, but only the first verse. And so I remember picking it up from her and singing the first verse all the time in the backyard, but that's the only song that I knew. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then in high school, because I was moody and in love with a boy who wouldn't love me back... um, I found teardrops on my guitar oh, yes and I also found I'd lie and I don't know if that songs from this era or the speak now era um, I but I loved both of those songs and I would write the lyrics to them in my diary and mm-hmm. I'd lay it on my twin bed and stare at the ceiling and think about the boy who wouldn't love me back and <laughs> <laughs> like I just I, I really think that it's impressive this the the level of lyricism that she gave us as as a 16 year old you know the the vocals are very much she's a 16 year old girl mm-hmm. but hey like she was a 16 year old girl yeah you know she was a 16 year old girl who was still the front woman on mm-hmm. her debut album she yes. wrote three of the three of the songs all by herself like she she sounds like every other early 2000s 2010s teenage pop star yeah. You know like those disney machine pop stars that we got but her songs are infinitely better and deeper and just i had never been exposed to them Mm -hmm. um and so i think if i had been i I could could have been a swifty from the very beginning but i just i wasn't that's fair i like i don't remember like how
1: i got into taylor swift maybe my mom got me into her would not surprise me because my mom loves like girl country music So we listened to the Dixie Chicks and like Sarah Evans and Shania Mm -hmm. Twain a
0: lot. I I was gonna ask. I was like, your mom strikes me as a Shania Twain. She loves. She loves it.
1: And like Mm -hmm. I remember like listening to those songs all the time in a car. I like loved loved the Dixie Chicks. And like I think my mom must have introduced me to to, like Taylor Swift because it's like the same sort of genre. Mm -hmm. But like I've been a Swiftie since I guess the beginning. I was nine, I think, when I listened to debut, and yeah. I think I was eight or nine. I was pretty young. So I didn't get the Heartbreak songs. I liked them a lot, but I was big into the upbeat stuff. Mm -hmm. Like Picture to Burn stirs something in me. I (laughs) should have said no stirs some rage in me. I remember I was pissed off at a lot of stupid boys last summer. I would blast those songs in my car and Mm -hmm. scream sing because it feels so good. But I, yeah, actually, like, I was a very strong Swifty, and I, like, I had a little bit of, like, not a falling out, because I still liked her music during, like, Reputation era, but, like, it wasn't my main focus, Mm -hmm. like, music-wise, music genre-wise, I should say. But, like, I dipped way back up again when she released Folklore, because that was perfect, because I was really into, like, indie folk music at that point, and that, like, struck a chord in me. So I love Folklore evermore, have been a Swifty since the beginning, but actually getting back in my Swifty era during, like, folklore era stuff. Um I had the whole album downloaded on my mp3 player, so that says something about my childhood, you know, being a <laughs> selenial, and we went on a family road trip that summer to Missouri, and I remember, like, listening to Taylor Swift and, like, driving through the Ozarks with, like, the windows down, and it was, like, A really beautiful experience
0: it was a 10 out of 10 moment I can imagine Taylor Swift music it doesn't matter what album is it it is but Taylor Swift was made to be listened to in the car with the windows down Mm -hmm. like that's the that's the superior way to listen to Taylor Swift it really is you can listen to Taylor Swift whenever you want but the superior way to listen to it is in the car windows down absolutely 10 out of 10 I agree do we mm-hmm. want to talk about our favorite songs on yes. debut? Yeah. So, listen, what are your favorite songs on debut?
1: Oh, I love Tim McGraw. Like, the opening mm-hmm. chords, since it's, like, the first song in the album, I hear the first couple of chords, and I get, like, a chill, like, literally every single time when mm-hmm. I hear it, because it just makes me remember being a kiddo.
0: I know everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people kind of shit on Tim McGraw in, I like, a meme kind of way. <laughs> not in, like, a, oh, this song is bad, just in, like, a, it's Tim McGraw. Like, ha-ha-ha, yeah. ha-ha-ha kind of way. <laughs> and I don't get it. I don't either. And maybe it's because I wasn't a Swifty at the time, but, like, I genuinely enjoy that song. I do, too, so I don't know what the about. I think it's about. lovely. I, I don't and get it. I specifically want to talk about, eventually, the fact that Taylor has this friends-to-lovers motif. She Throughout her entire discography. And it begins immediately with Tim McGraw. Uh-huh. Because Tim McGraw can be perceived as a, you know, breakup song, mm-hmm. but it can also be perceived similarly to how Long Live off of Speak Now is perceived mm-hmm. as a, like, hey, you were my friend. And uh, we drifted apart and. That sucks, but I hope that when you hear Tim McGraw, you think of me. Oh, chills. I love Which it. Which is so much. how I interpret a lot of her breakup songs. Yeah, it's um, fair. but I just cause I don't identify with them in, in another way. I don't. But yeah. I, I just I think it's so cool that her breakup songs can also be adapted to have that kind of feel. And I think that she uh, upholds a friends to lovers motif mm-hmm. throughout her entire discography. But we'll talk about that late uh, some more at another time. So, oh, Alyssa, yes. y- you like Tim McGraw. Like do you Tim have McGraw. other favorite songs? I do. I love Cold as You, it's one of my all time
1: favorite breakup sad songs by Taylor Swift. What? Oh, I hear it and I just. I feel like I'm in a music video, and I start to act the song a little bit, Mm -hmm. and it reminds me of looking out the window when it's raining and pretending you're in a breakup music video. Mm -hmm. It's one of my faves. And then should have said no. I love this song. It fuels a fire in me. So, like, I love Taylor Swift singing about the wrongs of men, Mm because they're they're, they're plentiful, and Mm -hmm. I relate to them all. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I'm here for the solidarity I have with that
0: Honorable mention is Picture to Burn Because I also vibe with that song so hard <laughs> mm-hmm. I My favorite songs off of Debut are Picture to Burn And also Teardrops on My Guitar Ooh. But uh, all the songs you mentioned have honorable mentions for me So good Yeah um, th- uh, Most of the other songs on the album I can take them or leave them Yeah Like there are days when I just skip the other songs on the album because i'm just not vibing i usually do those five songs picture to burn teardrops on my guitar tim mcgraw cold as you and should have said no i will never skip yeah those are my staples Mm Hmm. yeah
1: the other songs give or take there are some that like mary's song i finally stopped skipping a while ago because i always used Mm -hmm. to skip it i don't hate it like as much as i just used to dislike it Mm -hmm. but it's definitely not a favorite of mine you know yeah Okie dokie, Artichokies. It is her second album, Fearless. Okay, so the release date was November 11th, 2008. Once again, this is a country album. I think it's teetering country pop, but it's mostly country. Like, Mm -hmm. she's starting to develop her sound a little bit more, and I think that's pretty evident in, like, the heavy country sound, but, like, a little bit poppy vibes. Because, like, Mm -hmm. You Belong With Me and Love Story have a country pop vibe. I think that's why they were, like, on the
0: radio stations like everywhere during this Mm -hmm. time and i mean they they said from debut the critics said like she's got a mainstream influence she Mm -hmm. understands how to become mainstream successful and so in fearless she really let loose and said okay so i'm gonna use that mainstream influence Mm -hmm. i think a lot of that has to do with her music videos too like especially like going from
1: debut music videos to fearless music videos like you can see the difference in like her artistry she's so fucking creative with her music video style like love story mm-hmm. and you belong with me is one of the best music videos i have ever seen i freaking <laughs> i remember i used to watch that all the time when i was a kid on youtube because i loved watching music videos mm-hmm. um, and that was always one of my favorites because i just loved how like comedic it was and like mm-hmm. her acting in it was very funny to me i really really loved it <laughs>
0: super goofy Well, she also plays both herself and the girl <laughs> that she hates yeah so it's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> i loved it
1: taylor swift with a brown wig with little bangs <laughs> amazing immaculate what we needed <laughs> Um, but her fearless her album was once again praised for the honesty and songwriting. Um, some critics felt that the songs were good but fell short of like refinement, and they were a little bit repetitive. Whatever um, falling short of
0: refinement means. She's literally fucking eighteen. So. She's a child. Well, not quite a child anymore, but still, she's, she's like a teenager. Like, literally, a she's teenager. gonna write. She's gonna write songs that she identifies with yeah. as a teenager. And if you asked her to write songs that were more mature or more refined, they wouldn't be as good. Yeah, that you be
1: you would then say they're not as emotionally like intuitive as her mm-hmm. other th- music because she hasn't lived through a divorce. She's 18. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and some critics praised her vocals and then some people said her vocals were the weakest part of like the album. Listen. Which again,
0: she's 18. She's
1: 18 and she like I think she started taking singing lessons like around time Fearless was like Produce because she was like criticized uh, with her like tour vocals because they're like It's not the same as your album vocals Which no one's vocals on tour are the same as their album vocals Mm because you go from like a studio Mm -hmm. To a concert venue setting and those are two very different like yeah Settings and vocally you're gonna just sound different in a big room compared to a box studio. Yeah So let's give her a break. She's literally a teenager anyways um so some awards grammy awards for album of the year and best country album in 2010 white horse won 2010 grammys for best female country vocal performance and best country song i fuck with white horse so hard so Mm -hmm. as it should um 29 favorite oh 2009 oh my god 2009 favorite country album at the american music awards choice female album at the teen choice awards and serious xm indie award for international album of the year so she fucking swept with Mm -hmm. fearless it is a very successful album Mm -hmm. and many swifties will say that they're like she fucking win after win after win with fearless Mm -hmm. i think there's a picture of her like holding her Many yeah, Grammys. all of her, all of her,
0: her Grammys <laughs> <Yeah>. from that,
1: <laughs> from that album, and it's an iconic um, image. Mm-hmm. Um, so the track has thirteen tracks, and then seven solo writing credits, and then it was repackaged in like a nineteen-track platinum edition, which reordered the track list by beginning with five new songs and a piano version of "Forever and Always," which I love so much. I love the piano like rendition of "Forever and Always." 10 out of 10 lead single was love story which reached number one on the mainstream top 40 number four on billboards hot 100 um uh, white horse you belong with me 15 and fearless which all peaked in the top 40 of hot 100s um you belong with me was a crossover hit like love story so a lot of her songs were like top in the charts they're very they're really catchy Mm-hmm. She she writes so beautifully. Like, obviously, Taylor Swift is a fucking amazing writer. But, like, these are all, like, some of my favorite songs on Fearless. Yeah. Like, I've,
0: I've jammed them so hard. Like, the thing is that people listened to Debut. Debut made her, you know, a, a recognizable name in the music mm-hmm. industry. Fearless made her a household name. Yeah. F- Fearless launched her. into the mainstream, Yep, Uh, which was just wild. (laughs) Yeah, like
1: I'll remind Swifties who hate on Debut, Debut had to happen for Fearless to be as successful as it was, Mm -hmm. so just saying. Fearless is a wonderful album, but like building blocks, man. She could not have started with Fearless. The the first album had to come first, Mm -hmm. but I fucking love Fearless nonetheless. (laughs) I think I was in fourth grade when I had this album. So I remember being obsessed with this album, like Love Story and 15 were my favorite songs because I was in elementary school. And so I was like, oh my God, in high school, I'm gonna have such great loves. Ha, I was wrong, but you know, it was cute to dream. Um, <laughs> I was obsessed with those songs. And I remember literally bringing my Fearless CD to school one day to talk to my friends about the album and literally like point on the CD What our favorite songs were I think my cousin, my sister and I Would do like dance choreography to Like You Belong With Me Mm -hmm. To perform for our family At family parties Because we were those kids Um, (laughs) uh, But now that I'm older Again, I'm not really into Country music, but like I still Really, I feel super nostalgic When I hear the opening like Notes to Fearless And when I listen to this album It's perfect Yes. It's perfect for a hot summer day. I don't know. Like, I feel like Fearless, a lot of Taylor's albums for me are summer albums. Yeah. Like, Red really is the only one that's like a fall album for me.
0: But even Red, I'll listen to in the summer. Same. Same. Yeah. Like it has to be while I'm driving down country roads. Yes. But I'll listen to Red in the summer, no shame. Like uh, here's the thing is last summer Alyssa and I had a Gwen and Alyssa day that culminated Mm -hmm. in us just like hanging out in the pool in the backyard for hours and we just had Taylor Swift on shuffle playing. And it did not matter which song played, every single song was the perfect song Uh for Laying in the pool on a Sunday. Literally, it was such a good day. 10 out of 10.
1: Had, like, the little Bluetooth speaker. And Taylor, Taylor Swift on shuffle. Like, what came up came up. And it was a great old time. And exactly. Like, I don't know. Taylor Swift to me, and Fearless especially, is, like, driving with your friends on a hot summer day with the windows mm-hmm. down. You're on your way to the pool and or beach. And you mm-hmm. know you're going to have a fucking amazing day.
0: Right. That, mm-hmm. That's
1: Fearless to me.
0: Mm-hmm. And part of that is maybe the nostalgia of it, yeah. but not necessarily in the way where it's um, like, I don't know about you, but no part of me is nostalgic for middle school. At no, all. not at all. But the nostalgia of this album is wrapped up in Taylor herself
1: yes. because
0: there's just this youthful energy to this album. Um, to the original version of the album in particular, yes. uh, which just, it's like sunshine. This album yes, is like sunshine. It is. Like, you know how some people assign Taylor albums to specific seasons and like, yes. Red yes. is Fall, Lover is Spring, Rep is Winter, and then uh-huh. Fearless is always the summer album. Yeah. which And there's a reason for that.
1: Yeah. I agree with it. Mm -hmm. I can't do- I can't divvy up my albums into seasons. I prefer aesthetics to seasons, because I think Mm -hmm. it's easier, more Mm clean-cut. Like, this is still Yeehaw Girl Summer, but it's a different form of Yeehaw, where it's, like, Mm -hmm. outdoor activities with your friends, with it being beautiful and sunny outside, compared Mm -hmm. to, like, horseback riding with your
0: friends. Yeah. Like, debut. (laughs) Fearless was my first knowledgeable introduction to Taylor Swift. Like- when I would sing our song in the backyard, mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a Taylor Swift song. Mm-hmm. But then when Fearless came out and Love Story and You Belong With Me were the things that haunted all of my middle school sleepovers, I was actively aware of who Taylor Swift mm-hmm. was. Um, and I didn't like her music, partially mm-hmm. because I wasn't a country fan. I'm much more a country fan now as an adult than I was mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, and also just because love story and you belong with me were so overplayed they really were they really really were and the reason they were was because they were popular and because mm-hmm. they were good because objectively they are good songs but they were just overplayed and so little hipster you know 12 year old Gwen was like ew um <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um <laughs> but I I I would argue though that those two songs are some of the weaker songs on the album though. I would agree um, with that. Which is why it sucks so much that those were the ones that were overplayed. Yeah. Cuz uh, like mm, yeah. Yeah. Like some of the other singles like 15 and Fearless, love love love. love. Yeah. Amazing. But I didn't hear those nearly as much mm-hmm. as I heard the other two. Uh which was just kind of frustrating. Yeah. Like looking back, it's frustrating because I think I would have genuinely enjoyed 15 especially. Mm-hmm. And I just never heard it because I I I was too busy hearing love story to belong with
1: me. <laughs> like like those are good songs, but once mm-hmm. you hear them too many times, it's like Any popular song that's overplayed on the radio, like, you hear it enough times, and no matter how much you liked it the first time, you're real sick of it at that point. You're like, please Mm -hmm. play anything else. I'm so sick of this song.
0: I avoided this album for a long time when I started uh, Mm. listening to Taylor, and until this week, honestly, I had never listened to the original version. I don't think. Oh, wow. I think I, because I started listening to Taylor after Fearless TV came out. Oh, yes. Yes. And so I only ever listened to Taylor's version mm-hmm. because ethics. Yes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, this past week, I've, I listened to the original version, like, four or five times. And uh, I'll discuss the compare the feelings I have in comparison, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, but I avoided this album for so long, and I think it's because the only songs I knew from it were Love Story and You Belong With Me, yeah. which I didn't particularly like but now it's a feel-good listen it really is it it really is a summer day windows down kind of feel mm -hmm. you know not every song's a winner no but i i still enjoy every song on the album
1: like even the sad songs can be rolled down the window because you're scream belting them with your besties and you're like Mm -hmm. let's let's really feel our broken hearts for a moment Mm -hmm. and it's
0: amazing all right. So what were your favorite songs on um, the original version?
1: I've always loved Hey Steven. That's mm-hmm. always been a longtime favorite of mine. Um, I think Untouchable was on this version, or I think it was. If it wasn't, disregard it. But I like Untouchable. Even though Untouchable is not a Taylor song, it's literally a cover of another song.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that she made her own because the original song is like a screamo rock and roll song. So imagine that for a second. It's, and I, I much prefer her version of it. Yeah. Um, it makes me feel some sort of way. It's like one of the most romantic songs I've ever heard. Would definitely be a contender for my first wedding song. Not gonna mm-hmm. lie. Um, and then I adore the title track, Fearless. Forever and always, I adore that song. No pun intended.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly don't know if I can like actually pick a favorite track or favorite tracks Um, on this album because one, I'm just not familiar enough with Mm -hmm. this album. Like I said, not every track on this album is a winner, but I do genuinely enjoy listening to this album and it'd be a lot easier for me to tell you which songs I don't like on the album (laughs) or what my least favorite songs on the album were versus my favorites. So I'm just going to choose a few, um, that will always improve my mood. Like no matter what mood I'm in, I will not skip these songs. Fair enough. Uh, best day Ooh, i yes. absolutely adore and like i don't know if i'd call it underrated because i don't know if there's such a thing as an underrated taylor trap yeah i agree but um i love best today mm-hmm. i love hey steven and i love forever and always oh
1: good ones those are all good mm-hmm. ones all in my favorites category mm-hmm. i yeah i mean I have a lot of songs in this album that I like and I enjoy, but I don't know if I call them favorites because I don't reach for them all the time. Like if I have a favorite right. Taylor Swift song, it's not just going to be—it's going to be featured on like every single playlist I have.
0: Yeah, I will find a way be to make it work. Fearless.
1: Yeah, like most of the time it's not. Like, and if it was, most of the ones I really love are vault tra- are like the vault tracks. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love her vault tracks for this album.
0: Mm-hmm. Which we'll, we'll get into. Transitions us perfectly into. <laughs> Fearless Taylor's version. I love a so, segue. Uh Fearless Taylor's version was her first re-recording, and it released on April 9th, 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really poignant that Fearless was her first re-recording, because when the original was produced, she said a lot in interviews that... Being fearless wasn't about being bulletproof or being without fear, but it was about doing the hard things even though you feel fear. And so having it be the first one that she re-recorded is was very much a, a like middle finger, you can't get to me, you will not keep me down mm-hmm. to the people who wouldn't let her own her own shit. Taylor does everything with intention. Mm-hmm. She is the most theatrical of theatrical bitches. I love bitches. it so much. And... The fact that she used chose fearless as her first album says a lot.
1: It really um, does.
0: So Taylor, or sorry, fearless Taylor's version is twenty six tracks, which in, and includes twelve solo writer credits. Um, there are seven new tracks or vault tracks <laughs> on this album. So it's all of the uh, it's all the songs from the original and platinum versions, um, and then also the seven vault tracks. Um, those tracks are Today Was a Fairy Tale, You All Over Me, Mr. Perfectly Fine, We Were Happy, That's When, Don't You, and Bye Bye Baby. I didn't know that Today Was a Fairy Tale was a vault track until I I researched for this episode. Because I feel like that song is ingrained in me from Mm -hmm. my childhood. And I, I honestly should have looked up the song to see if maybe it was a song that she had written for someone else that maybe I heard somewhere else did i hear i've
1: i feel like i've heard that song on a tv show before and i don't remember which one maybe it was new girl because i know she was in an episode of new girl because she loved the show so much so it would not surprise me that the song was in like an episode
0: mm-hmm. but it might also be one of those songs i wonder if it's one of those songs like uh i'd lie or like i heart question mark was mm-hmm. where it was Something you could find on YouTube, yeah. but not actually on any of her albums. So yeah. I kind of wonder if it was one of those. I it probably was because I
1: I've definitely heard that song before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, oh, I totally thought that was on like the original album until I like re-listened to the original album. Right. and I was like, oh, it's not on there. Cool. Mm-hmm. Going crazy. So, <laughs> let's
0: let's come let's let's compare, compare these a little bit. Yes. Uh, so obviously, and I know that you'll agree with me on this, mm-hmm. Taylor's version is vastly superior.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Like, I think all of Taylor's versions of things are going to be better than
0: the original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially for this album, one of the major fallbacks of the original was that Taylor had written these emotionally mature songs that were wise beyond her ears, mm-hmm. but she didn't have the life experience or the vocal quality to back up the gusto of the track she'd yeah. written. Um, Taylor's version, which came out 12 years after the original, the original version of Fearless, it gives us that depth, along with new tracks, some of which eclipse tracks from the original mm-hmm. version. Like, I I would easily replace, um, replace quite a few of the original tracks with the vault tracks. Oh, yeah. Not a question. Agreed. The sound of T- Taylor's version is less tinny. It's mm-hmm. more full, rich, and luxurious. Yep. Uh, and it has... The re-recording has a smooth, intimate yes. experience that like, I feel like everyone can identify with. Um, while the original feels very adolescent, which is exactly what mm-hmm. it should have felt like. Yeah, it was perfect for the time. But I like getting to feel those songs as an adult Mm -hmm. because that's another reason that I avoided listening to this one was I was like, it's so very much like we talked about the nostalgia of the original Fearless is wrapped up in the fact that Taylor herself was a person that was living through this and growing up in it. Yep. But nearly every song on that album can apply now to her adulthood Mm -hmm. and to the adulthood that I live in as well. Yep. And When I listen to the original version, I don't think of my adulthood. When I listen to the original version, I think of my adolescence. But when I listen to Taylor's version, I feel it in the human that I am now, Mm -hmm. not in the memories that I have. Yes. That is literally exactly
1: it. And why... Like, as I grew older as a Swifty, I, I found myself distancing myself from Fearless, which I think actually used to be, like, literally my favorite album when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Because I was a kid. I was, like, entering middle school, and I was, like, feeling all these big, sad, like, adolescent heartbreak moments when my crush didn't like me back. Um, right. And, like, as I got older, like, in college, like, these songs felt so trivial to me because mm-hmm. I was older even though I was, like, the age she was when she wrote them. Like, to me, I associated this album with my middle school experience. So mm-hmm. it felt so much more immature to me. And then I got this version, which now, like, fulfills all the adult feelings I have and experiences I've now had. Not mm-hmm. to say the old version was immature. I just experienced it when I was immature. Right. Mm-hmm. Making that clear. Um, and I agree. It sounds much better than the original, like, because she's older she's going to sound a little bit better now. She's not going to have, like, the really high-pitched quality she had mm-hmm. when she was younger. And, like, actually, that's, like, a reason it's been cited, but, like, two of our friends, why they don't like her music is because they hate how, like, she sounded when she was younger. Mm-hmm. And I want to be like, okay, listen to her new stuff then.
0: Yeah. And I'll I'll agree with that because that <laughs> was part of my problem with Taylor when I was a kid was not so much that her songs were bad because her songs were good. Mm-hmm. Like, they were. The songs I listened to that I could actually listen to, I really, really enjoyed. But I was bothered by her vocal quality. Yeah. And it's, it's not necessarily that her vocal quality was bad. It just no. wasn't something that I enjoyed listening to. She was not a singer that I enjoyed listening to when I was a kid. Um, and she's grown. Mm-hmm. And vocally, she has grown so much and she started taking voice lessons and Mm -hmm. she like even just the difference between fearless and speak now like i yeah didn't hear any speak now songs growing up um and then when we got red i was in high school and i was Mm -hmm. firmly in the i'm too cool to like mainstream music Mm -hmm. camp um but if i had heard speak now as like one of my first Taylor experiences, I don't think that I would have felt the way that I did. Yeah. Because by that point, she had already vocally grown so much that I, like, as an adult, I listened to Debut and Fearless, and I think, wow, yeah, I'm not a big fan of this singer.
1: But then yeah. I listen
0: to Speak Now, and I'm like, no, I really like this singer, though. Mm-hmm. Like and she... that's – it's totally valid to just mm-hmm. not, like, How someone sounds. Yeah. That's totally – that's a totally okay reason mm-hmm. to not want to listen to that music. As long as you're also recognizing, like, the reason she sounds that way is because she was literally 16 yeah. and 18 i I'm when like, she recorded these. I'm like, we all sounded bright and
1: nasally when we were mm-hmm. 16, 18. So – Yeah. Like, we're, you're going to – your voice is going to mature more as you take voice lessons, A – be as you get older and you're and they like change they change as you age mm-hmm. so they're gonna get more mature sounding as you get older like we are singers we know this yeah exactly but yeah i i totally understand why people are like i don't like her her earlier stuff because like i just don't like how bright it is and i'm like that's totally fair i get mm-hmm. it and then i'm like actually fearless is out and like she re-recorded fearless she sounds a lot better now mm-hmm and more older her voice has more depth maybe mm-hmm. maybe listen to that one again because yeah. you might like it again mm-hmm. um
0: but what are our favorite new tracks or mm-hmm. favorite re-recordings mm-hmm. uh mr perfectly fine oh and yes you all over me should be added to the original mm-hmm. album the fact that they were vault tracks is a crime i can't believe i almost lived my life without mr perfectly fine Mm-hmm. Like But also <laughs> but also I'm kind of glad that Teenage Taylor didn't do them. Yeah.
1: I do remember her breakup with Joe Jonas being very petty. Mm-hmm. Though I, I I enjoyed the drama as a youngin. Mm-hmm. It would have been a lot to deal to, to to for
0: her to deal with the re-recording of White Horse. So beautiful. Is a 10 out of 10. It Literally, is a 15 out mm-hmm. of 10. Breaks my Um, heart every single time I listen to it. Also the recording of 15, both of those. Also love that, Because part of the reason that I love both of those is because when she first wrote 15, she was maybe 17 or 18. She Mm -hmm. was only three years removed from that. And yeah, a lot changes in those three years. Yeah. But now, being another 12 years removed Mm -hmm. from that, like... It, it, the song gains so much with age. It does. And uh, White Horse is the same way because who hasn't had that relationship with the person who just treats you like garbage, but you thought it was love because mm-hmm. they pretended to be a prince. Yeah. And the, I might find someone someday who might I actually treat me, treat me well. well. And the knowledge that Taylor has found that. Mm-hmm. Oh, full circle moment. Both of those songs improved so much with age that I just ugh, I love it's I love so good.
1: I agree with Mr. Perfectly Fine. Like I remember listening to Fearless Taylor's version and I heard that song and I was like this is the best thing I've ever listened to. I'm going <laughs> to listen to it on repeat and hyperfixate on this song forever because it's the perfect like angry breakup song you know mhm and i loved i like that song like related to like one of my exes and one of my past like flings so perfectly and i was like this is this is the song i need for you
0: mhm as i associate
1: what? songs with my exes as you do I'm, we all do and my other favorite song is don't you that's one of my new favorite songs mm-hmm. it's
0: that one's beautiful it's
1: gorgeous and it breaks me into two every single time i listen to it i'm like oh Ouch, Taylor. That fucking hurts. But anyways, I loved Fearless, Taylor's version. It's one of my mm-hmm. faves now. Agree. All right.
0: Hey, 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 it's Editing Gwaine coming at you one more time. This is the end of part one of our coverage of Country Taylor. So go ahead and listen to part two. It should be in the podcast feed right now. Just waiting for you. Just, It's just, it's just waiting there just for you to open it and listen to it. We're going to talk about Speak Now, Red, and Red, Taylor's version. All right? Okay, go listen to it. Okay, now uh I'm going to sing you some nice little playoff music. Okay. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Okay, bye.